0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 114, Creating a Holistic Digital Marketing Strategy. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Now, today's episode is brought to you by DeepCrawl.com. When you need a comprehensive website crawler that identifies and monitors how your site is performing through the eyes of a search engine, I recommend DeepCrawl. DeepCrawl gives a complete and accurate picture of the health of your website architecture and identifies where the gaps are. Get your free website crawl of up to ten thousand URLs at deepcrawl.com/report. That's deepcrawl.com/report. forward The big interview with David Bain. Today, I'm pleased to be talking to a man who founded his first internet marketing firm back in 1999. He's worked for a large search agency, in-house for a couple of major brands, and is a regular conference speaker. Welcome to DMR, Anthony Curlew.
1: Thank you, David. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you for joining me, Anthony. Um, well, you can find Anthony over at anthonycurlew.com. So, Anthony, tell me about the cartwheels you do at parties.
1: <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know when I started doing cartwheels, but that's just kind of my thing. Usually, no alcohol involved, and um, it, it's just a whole lot of fun. it. It helps me, it helps keep my youth.
0: <laughs> lovely yeah it sounds like fun uh, I, I like um uh, reading up about people in their about section in their website yeah, and picking you, up you, little areas you, you like you that you caught
1: me off guard with that one i didn't expect that
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well what. I, I, I won't i want to do another one to you no worries. <laughs> on to digital marketing so um um do you think that um brick and mortar businesses for example do you think that they generally get digital marketing because you've been involved in in uh digital marketing as we covered just just a minute ago or so, since about 1999 or so, I gather. Um, so do you reckon that um, brick-and-mortar business owners get digital marketing a bit more now than they did a few years ago?
1: Absolutely. I believe early on all business owners were, were sceptical of digital marketing and brick-and-mortars in particular, but I'm sure a lot of them have seen the transition from people going to the malls uh, to, to shopping online and, and wanted to have their, their share of that market. And and seeing that they can in their own ways compete with the big guys just by focusing on really on on hyper local search uh, in their social media following.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's a a trend or more than a trend. It's a, it's a general movement towards digital now when it comes to marketing in general. And um, but of course, you still get your um um marketing directors that have been around twenty, thirty, even more years, and mm-hmm. um maybe struggle or. Don't desire to learn much about digital marketing and, and want to stay on the strategic side of things rather than actually understanding the intricacies of how digital will get. But I I guess it's um you know been well over a decade now that um it's been with us and um that the senior positions in businesses I suppose are more more held by people that get digital marketing now as you said
1: sure and i would hope that when they do their digital marketing when they step out to to test something in digital marketing and say hey let's let's try facebook or let's try pay-per-click ads i would hope that they do um not just the research to find out what to do but but to know how to track it so they can monitor against their their foot traffic their their mailers i mean obviously lots of companies are still doing mailers And, and and obviously if the mailers are working you don't want to stop doing that but what we've noticed is how people have integrated digital marketing into their mailers. Years ago, they didn't have the web address or the Facebook um, address on their mailers. So now you're seeing where a couple things are happening. One is they're integrating digital marketing into their traditional marketing, or they're taking those steps to say, you know what? We're going to invest in Google AdWords and and see how that works for us and really monitor the ROI. And and what what a lot of them are finding is that they, they can live together, traditional and digital, can be a really good marriage and and produce good ROI for them.
0: Yeah, no, that's that, that's great, um, great, great thoughts there. I mean, I, I love that word integration. Um, it's it's so important that that the business in general does things that that make sense and and work effectively together. Um, right. You, you get as you pointed out. Um, offline mail sending out by, by various companies, and um, that, of course, can be integrated through um, APIs um, using CRM systems, and um, everything can, in theory, flow very nicely. Um, do, uh-huh. do, you rec- do you reckon most companies are actually doing that on an automated basis now, or they're still struggling to integrate that part of things effectively with their systems?
1: When you say the the integration of the of the mailings,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, in theory, it's possible to do things like if a customer signs up to a list or um, sure. perhaps make, makes a minor purchase, then perhaps um, through your CRM um, use an API to actually send out um, a physical piece of mail. Then,
1: absolutely, absolutely. I would I would tend to see that the smaller companies have less automation and, and mainly due to cost. Mm. Um, but obviously your, your larger companies, um, the, the one that comes to mind is Infusionsoft, which is really a uh, robust system that a lot of small businesses can't afford, but I know that can trigger certain offline marketing activities as well. So, uh, I think that a lot of the smaller companies wish they could do it, but just don't see it in the, you know, in the cards financially.
0: Right okay and so would you say integration is something that mo- most businesses are struggling with more than other areas in digital marketing?
1: I believe sometimes they can they can struggle with the the startup cost. So they, they see the value but they don't they maybe haven't had a good enough explanation of the the long-term ROI to say yes it makes money yes it makes sense to set this up initially put out that investment so that on the back end we can do a lot less manual
0: work. Okay. Um, So um, you you, you mentioned um, just before we actually started um, recording this um, discussion that that you have a a system. um, I think it's a a SWOT system that you uh, talked about. Um, Do you want to uh, mention a little bit about that?
1: Sure. We call that the digital SWOT analysis. And and for those familiar with, with business planning, the SWOT analysis looks at your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. So what we do is we do that on the digital side, we'll we'll look at a company's digital footprint. We'll analyze um, we'll analyze what they're doing online, and we'll we'll say you know these are your strengths, these are your weaknesses, some areas where you can uh, improve. These are opportunities, so maybe things that they haven't looked at, and then these are your threats, and those could be things like uh, not doing proactive reputation management, whereas uh, you know negative reputation could become a threat to them down the road. And what we do is we uh, we present that to them and and help them. Um, make the choice, you know, what can they do now, what can they put off, what can they do internally, and what do they need help with.
0: Wow, okay, that's quite interesting actually, because um, I, I remember um, at business school a few years ago um, did, you know, studying SWOT analysis and um, mm-hmm. um, using that, but I, I haven't really used that approach to online business that often. I added that often to it actually because um, um, I, I recall that I maybe I had done it a couple of times. So let's maybe, can we maybe actually take um, the the listener through uh, those four different areas and perhaps highlight one area from each that um, perhaps is quite typical in a, a business being strong and a business perhaps being uh, weaker about. Um, so I mean, start starting off with strengths, what is a typical area of strength that um, a digital marketing department might be doing quite effectively.
1: So a company could be producing great content, and so the strength could be that they're producing maybe two blog posts a week and maybe a video a week. But maybe there's some other things down the you know that down the line about getting that content out, where we see the opportunity. It's it's you know it's two parts. It's the creation, the content creation, and the content marketing. So the content marketing could be a strength, but they could be not meeting the goals that they desire because they're missing the content marketing part on the back end.
0: Right, okay, and I guess content marketing could be a weakness as well if they're not doing the right type of content marketing, if it's um, fairly poor quality, just um, content that's been produced maybe by a third party, not lengthy sure. enough, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so the strengths, weakness, um, opportunities, so um, what, what kind of opportunities do you tend to define for companies?
1: So we could stay on the content marketing channel, yeah, they're sure. not producing any content, there's an opportunity, right? It's yeah. like, hey, what what internal resources do you have that can create blog content, video content, email content, podcasts, whatever they are, and we help them realize that Google uh, is, is really in the business of serving up good content, and so if they're not producing good content, the chances of, of Google serving them up are just less, and if their competitors are serving up content, then that can kind of explain to them why their competitors are coming up where they'd like to come up in searches.
0: Okay, great thinking, yeah. And um, I guess an opportunity in terms of content marketing, again, could actually be defining people within the organization who have that ability to produce good content. And absolutely the, and get them to do it yeah so um the the kind of um, maybe business leaders that you speak to about content marketing um, and and perhaps they haven't done much content marketing in the past do you find them receptive enough to be willing to do the content marketing themselves or generally do you find business leaders as as as, as people who um think that digital marketing should be done by digital marketers and not by business leaders
1: I believe you have two types of people. You have the people that just love to create content, and, and they're they're excited to jump in if you tell them what to do and how to do it. Mm. And then there's the other people who say, just make it happen. And, and we're happy to serve each, either, rather. We can coach the people that want to create their own content, or we can uh, have our team create content where people uh, are, are averse to it, don't have time for it, or would just rather not do it, rather focus on other things.
0: And do you ever try and change the mind of everyone, anyone that uh, doesn't want to do it, but you really think they would be best at actually producing content for that particular organization?
1: So not, not necessarily change their mind, because because one of the things we really want to do is we want to make it easy for them to do. We want to show them that it needs to be done and we want to make it easy for them to uh, execute. If somebody has a really, really compelling story, what I might say is, hey, give us some some bullet points from your mind, because you're really the expert here. We're the expert at telling your story, but it's your story. So help us with some some nuggets from your specific experience around this topic.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So you're talking about um, you producing the content for them, ju- just as long as they actually provide you with a, a skeleton uh, to actually produce that content Correct. from. Right. Correct.
1: And in most cases, we don't have to. Uh, you know, you're. I don't want to say you are run-of-the-mill businesses, but you know, your 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 insurance, your your finance, your real estate topics. We can create. You know, pretty uh I'm going to say generic content but in the voice of that company we get to know the company and kind of the voice that they want but let's say somebody's an expert in neuroscience and we could do research but the you know telling that story in a genuine way is going to come so much it's going to come across so much more effective if we have uh, some uh some actual content from the principal or the or the you know the the brains behind the company no pun intended
0: right okay and um Threats um, is the final uh, part of a, a SWOT analysis. Um, so I guess one of the threats, um, if you had um, a good content producer in-house um, producing mm-hmm. content and they decided to leave the company. And so have you ever seen that situation before? And um, have you perhaps helped a company manage themselves through that process and perhaps find someone else to replace them?
1: Absolutely. Uh, in fact, we we even do it for, for other agencies where an agency will lose a resource and will you know, kind of a, in the, in the, in the background, you know, their, their clients don't know who's ultimately doing the work, but you know, we'll, we'll support them as an agency. And, uh, and I, I believe that's a threat that, that, that all companies face, um, uh, you know, losing people that they've invested in. So that, that's huge. Cause you know, you mentioned content, but depending on how segmented their team is, that could be a lot of people and God forbid a handful of them leave and start their own company, which also happens,
0: So do you believe that every company out there should be doing some form of content marketing or is it not right for certain types of businesses?
1: I would say every company should be involved in some form of content marketing because every company has a story to tell to their target audience.
0: Okay, and do you also believe that it's possible to effectively measure the ROI of every piece of content that gets produced?
1: When you use words like every piece of content... (laughs) I, I believe you can you can measure the ROI of your overall content marketing plan. You can certainly measure, you know, with Google Analytics how impactful a certain blog post is or a certain piece of content is. Um, so I would say, in general, yes, you can measure ROI. Mm.
0: It's, it's it's a challenge. I mean, w- w- one of the challenges that I've faced in the past is is the fact that with PPC with uh, pay per click advertising, mm-hmm. um, it's very easy um, to have that call to action and measure precisely what sure. you know, happens in terms of um, ROI from that and obviously a piece of content can be produced it can be effective for a long time in terms of bringing traffic to a site and it's not necessarily um, the last page um, that people will actually make a purchase decision from uh, people may read a piece of content and go off somewhere else and come back and it's difficult to right. track that user but it, it doesn't mean that content marketing isn't effective it's just more challenging sometimes to justify I guess
1: Absolutely, and it's certainly a different form of of measuring ROI than a PPC. And even with PPC, it can be challenged, pay per click. But if you have like e-commerce with PPC, that makes it just really easy. And I think we get spoiled in those situations where you can go from click to purchase and and say, hey, we tracked a sale, as opposed to we generated content, generated content, and we've elevated the brand. And now let's measure you know that elevation up against uh, new inbound leads. Uh, that didn't come from paid search um and then ultimately conversion so I, I agree it's it's not as easy to measure but it's it's absolutely measurable
0: okay okay good uh, I mean just because something is obviously less easy to measure it uh, doesn't mean that it's not as or perhaps even more effective as more measurable forms of digital marketing and and that's the challenge for for people like us, I reckon.
1: Well, right, and, and that's also the challenge in in convincing the business leaders that there's value in paying somebody to help them measure. Um, but of course, we would never want anybody to invest money in a campaign where where the ROI wasn't measurable. I always tell people we want we want two things: <laughs> we want them to make more money than they spend, and we we want happy customers that refer other happy customers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's head into the second section of our discussions so that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with
1: software I couldn't live without.
0: So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Uh,
1: software. It, it's so funny. Um, what I think of the one thing I couldn't live without, I think about my iPhone. So, can I say iOS? Is that is that a software?
0: I think that would uh, <laughs> that, that that would well, that would count. Yes, uh, your your operating system. You're, you, right, you, right. You, you quite happily because... live without any apps on it whatsoever. Yeah, you just want your operating system. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm I'm cheating. I'm saying that the operating system helps me have the apps, but uh, but that's truly the one tool that I couldn't live without because. Um, it, it's so connected to everything I do from email to, to voice messaging to text to, to running social media through my apps. Um, but, but specific software, gosh, Sprout Social makes social media management very easy. So I love Sprout Social. It would, it would, I would still be able to do what I do. It would just take a lot longer. Um, I, I love Google Drive because it's a great collaborative tool for both working with clients and uh, team members. Um, and uh, I, I've really grown to love um, uh, QuickTime on my Mac because I can make these little um, little screen share videos that, that people seem to resonate with. And uh, for example, if somebody emails me a question and, and, and I can't take time to answer their question, I may be able to take time to make a little quick video with the screenshot and that's gonna be a lot quicker than me walking them through something. I'll send them that video, they're happy because they think, wow, this guy took time to create a video for me. And of course, I'm happy because I just created some content. And if they had that question, I'm sure that somebody else has that question too. So we throw those up on YouTube, and that's just a part of our, our content marketing engine.
0: That's an absolutely great tip there. Um, you know, um, what I've sometimes done in the past is, is had a look through Google Analytics to see the most common questions that are asked mm-hmm. uh, about, about a you know a list of products and services, and then you know if you make new pages and optimize the content to answer those questions, and ideally mm-hmm. in, in video form, then it's a fantastic form of content. So great tip. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So okay, it's A slightly more challenging question. What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you intend to try at some point in the near future?
1: Hmm, that I intend to try. <laughs> so the, the, the most recent one that was like that, <laughs> that I went ahead and tried, was, was Periscope.
0: Uh huh. You know, there,
1: there's so <laughs> many new things always coming up in in social media, and I heard about Meerkat, and then I heard about Periscope, and I'm like, "Wow, something new to learn!" So I jumped on board, and I got to say, I've, I've really fallen in love with with Periscope.
0: Okay, so, wow. Um, because I've, I've actually periscoped um a couple of these episodes of Digital Marketing Radio Live. Okay. Um, you know, and I've um. Put the the full sound into my iPhone here, and right. um, and it's 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 been an interesting experience. But the challenge is, of course, is you're looking at so many different uh, screens at the same time, right. and you're trying to answer people in Periscope and uh, right. have a have a decent conversation with someone there as well. So perhaps it's more of a pre and post show tool rather than actually broadcasting the whole show. But it's it's right. a it's a new medium, so people are still absolutely finding absolutely. out ways about it. Yeah. Okay, moving on to. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
1: Hmm. What I wish I would have done differently was write a business plan. Because it's a very common misconception that unless you're trying to raise money, you don't need a business plan. And uh, what I subsequently learned is that's not true. A business plan can be a great guide to help. Guide the business, help you remember what it is that you set out to do, but also as you bring on partners and employees, you can have things like your mission, your vision, your values, who your actual target client is, and once that's um, on paper, it's easier to convey. Uh, I, I eventually did do that, and so, um, but looking back, that's the one thing I, that, that I wish I had done earlier, and the one thing I encourage others to do as well uh, from the get-go before jumping into marketing.
0: That's, that's intriguing because I think a lot of digital marketers who perhaps even hadn't, haven't had a career before uh, getting involved with digital marketing uh, think that because it's online um, they can do everything by the seat of their pants, you know, and, it's, and conventional business rules don't necessarily apply. But I, I love your SWOT analysis and your, your business plan and you're, you're basically saying, look, learn from the past and apply those good things from the past to what you're go- doing present day as well.
1: Absolutely. The this or that round.
0: So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Just two rules here. Uh, Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So ready to go? (laughs) All right. (whistles) Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations?
1: one and one relations
0: paid search or seo ah oh. <laughs> seo
1: that e- was a tough one
0: <laughs> email contact form or telephone number
1: email contact form
0: website or app website social subscriber or email subscriber
1: email subscriber
0: and local marketing or global marketing <laughs>
1: It depends.
0: <laughs> well,
1: Local, <laughs> local. <Logo, logo. laughs>
0: you had your one board anyway, so that, that, that's, that's, that's quite right. fine. Yeah. Um, I was surprised, actually, the one that you struggled most with was actually paid search or SEO. Um, I know. <laughs> so why was that? I,
1: you know, I started in SEO, and I, I, I firmly believe in SEO, but there are they're, they're different approaches, and, and I believe that the best approach is to have them work together. If I just had one, however, I would go with SEO because it's more of a slow and steady wins the race. With SEO, you can eventually get there. With paid search, you can get there tomorrow.
0: Right, okay. Um, because I thought you were going to say um, or struggle most with uh, website or app because obviously you said, mm. you said um, the iPhone, the iOS um, system right. was, was, it was your most important thing. So um, you still think that websites are, are more important than, than apps?
1: I do, and that's because websites are accessible to everybody without them having to download the app. When uh, when we talk when we consult about whether or not a business should have an app, we have to think about a couple questions. One is, will people take the time to download? And then two, will they actually take time to interact with the app? Um, with with the website, there's you know it, it's easier to to share, and, um, and and a lot of your marketing is kind of done for you in terms of you know, having search engines that can just direct people to your site. Now, if apps start to come up in search, well, that might be a little different.
0: <laughs> and of course, um, search is coming to the iPhone as well. And you can search um, apps in iOS 9 as well. Um, right. I, I just published um, an interview with Ed Dale, and he's, mm-hmm. re- he's really into iPhones and uh, anything iOS. And, um, you know, he was going on about, you know, how this, could be a game changer and it'll be intriguing to see how much people's um, use of search on their phone will actually um, be, you know, compared with their use of of, of Google online or Google on their phones. Uh, Lots of changes coming up. Absolutely. But going on to that $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
1: So now this is funny, given my question of SEO to SEO versus PPC, but I would spend it on pay-per-click search because you said you're only giving me a couple days, which means uh, I I would have to be able to dial into my target client pretty specifically, and I could do that with paid search, and I would measure success based on the number of leads that I produced. I would do a lot of uh, ad testing, a lot of... um, um, campaign testing in a short period of time to produce the maximum number of leads and then ultimately look at the conversions from those leads conversions to sales or, or, or customers
0: now you said P per click search uh, but you didn't um, define it necessarily as being Google Adwords would it be all lumped on Google Adwords or would you
1: great yeah great great um, distinct distinction there and yes I would say Google AdWords
0: Okay, interesting. Um, because there, there are lots of opportunities up and coming. People are doing very well with the retargeting and, and things like that. But as, as you mentioned, you know, to, to get that very, very quick, effective outcome, there's possibly nothing better than paid search and maybe Google AdWords now.
1: Sure. And what I find, I mean, Facebook AdWords is an amazing platform, and they've got retargeting as well. But But what I find is when people are on Google, they're actually looking to solve a problem then. When I see a Facebook ad, it may be a site that I've been to, it may, you know, it may involve something in my life, but it's not something that I'm necessarily looking for at the time. Whereas if I type in um, pool cleaner in Phoenix, there's a good chance I'm looking for a pool cleaner in Phoenix in in the very near future. My number one takeaway.
0: Well, Anthony, you've offered a, a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses?
1: My number one takeaway would be, before starting a marketing plan, make sure that you know who your target customer is, uh, know what their specific needs are, and know how you can serve those needs um, in in a way that's different than your competition. So how do you differentiate in serving those customers' needs? um uh, to me that's really critical before you start marketing because that's going to drive your marketing it's going to determine where you market who you market to and, and the messages that you uh, that you share with them
0: okay so so know who your um defined customer is you're uh, do, do you actually uh, are you a fan of buyer personas um do mm-hmm. do, you, do you actually try and define that before okay and um so so how do you actually go about De- defining who your ideal customers do you do you survey existing customers, um, or do you actually try and just um, come up with your own definition of exactly who you want to approach um, your, yourself without any surveying of existing customers?
1: I start with the the intent of the business. So why why did you start this business? What was your goal in creating this service? And then we look at okay, who have you served? Um, who you know of the people you've served who have been the best customers who have been who have given you your best testimonials kind of look at it from there if it's a if it's a startup then obviously we, we back up we may even back up and do market research and say hey let's talk to this audience and make sure that you're offering a solution to a problem that they actually have and that they'd actually pay for it.
0: Mm. great tips there yeah I mean I, I, I love that tip about um, um, looking at customers who have given you good testimonials in the past because um, a, a lot of companies even get unsolicited testimonials from customers and then don't right. have any further conversation with them and that, that's like that's a crime shame. Absolutely. Great, okay, well, I reckon that takes us to the end of our conversation today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do?
1: Well, David, first I want to say thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, folks can find me at anthonycurlew.com that's K-I-R-L-E-W I'm also on Twitter, um, the handle will be at Anthony Curlew, and um, feel free to use the contact form and contact me, and I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Great stuff. Well, um, thanks again, Anthony, and thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Um, so, if you like what you heard, I'd really appreciate your feedback, too. So, just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes, and please leave an honest rating or review. It would be absolutely fun to hear from you, and of course, it would help to improve the ranking of the show on iTunes. And finally, I'm also hosting a brand new live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more. But that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios. Thanks again, Anthony.
1: Thanks, David. Take care.